Welcome to Senior Moments with God. I am your host, Gretchen, and I am so thrilled that you have joined in for today's podcast. It's a podcast about women's stories, and they share them for God's glory as we walk through this life together. Last week, we heard the amazing story of the rescue Jesus provided for Rachel in her dire situation where she was being abused physically and emotionally by her stepfather and also left and abandoned by her mother. And as we read that difficult story last time, I kept wondering, how did Rachel move forward? How do we move forward after being hurt so deeply and hurt physically and emotionally, abused? How does a person move forward? Well, I'm so thankful, Rachel, that you decided to share part two of the story and your experience and reason to forgive and your choice to forgive. And we'll just talk about why Christians, especially Christians, are told we have to forgive. And how do we do that? But before we do that, if you need that cup of coffee, be sure you grab it right now and open up your Bible, open up your hearts and your minds as we prepare to hear part two of Rachel's story for God's glory. So Rachel continues her story from last week when I asked her, how do you move forward after being physically, sexually, and emotionally abused by the adults who were supposed to be caring for you? And she wrote to me her thoughts and her ideas and her memories. And again, this is for God's glory. So thank you again, Rachel. She writes one of her memories is that she had a friend of her mother, remember her mother abandoned her and her brother. A friend of my mom was putting me to bed in my upstairs bedroom. She stood next to the lamp on my dresser and asked me if I wanted it left on or turned off. I set off with a smile. The lady with her thick black hair, I'll never forget it, smiled and said, okay, turned off the lamp and went on her way. This was my first memory where I felt I meant something to someone. To her, I had a choice. It was that simple act of giving me a choice that grounded me through my childhood. Isn't it amazing, ladies? What things can stay in our memories, but also guide us. Rachel had not been given choices. And this was her first memory of someone as simple, simply as saying, do you want the light light left on or off? That simple question started helping her realize that she had choices and that she could make choices. 
and that someone cared enough to ask her and give her that option. Her second memory of meaning someone, you know, something to someone was when she was sitting in the lap of her grandmother. She called her granny. My granny was my everything. Granny shared a home with my dad's mom. Every Sunday after church, we would go to Granny's house for lunch. My Granny would demand a kiss from all of us as we filed into the house. She would then hold me in her lap and read me Bible stories from a giant family Bible. I was a curious child, and I had a million questions about those stories that were represented by the colorful paintings pictured in the Bible. I remember staying the night at Granny's house one time, and I woke up in the middle of the night, easy to do because it was a fold-out sofa bed, where my brother Mark and I slept, and we looked toward Granny's bedroom door. I saw her light was on through the keyhole on her antique door. I got up and tiptoed to her door to peek. I put my eye to the keyhole, and I saw my Granny in her bed reading the family Bible. I laughed to myself as a child. She must be studying up for those questions I'm going to have next Sunday. When I gave my young heart to God, it was full on. I started praying every night. I found myself thinking about the Bible stories throughout the day. There were so many words in the Bible in red. I learned from the example that Jesus gave in those stories, that we were to forgive those who persecute you. I also learned to expect hard times because the words in red said that sometimes we would be rejected by people just as Jesus was rejected. In fact, Jesus even told people, you have to let the dead bury the dead and follow him. Believe me, even as a child, I knew what he meant. I knew that my dad who abused me was lost. And I knew that every time my brother and I were made painfully aware that we were not wanted, we were not love. I knew Jesus could not abide or walk or agree or support anything that was going on in that home because I had been told Jesus loved me. God loved me. The Bible told me so. When I read the Bible, I believed every word. I knew that God was the author and the finisher of my faith that he helped me find as a child. Believe me, I know in Ecclesiastes that it says there's a time and a purpose for everything in life. There's a time for peace and self-preservation and a time for forgiveness. After Granny died, the same held true. I knew her Bible stories would stay with me. The story that stayed with me was Jesus being handed over to Pontius Pilate for judgment. And Pontius Pilate, I remember, he said, Don't you know I could have you killed? And Jesus replied, You can do nothing to me 
without my Father allowing it, in Matthew 27. I accepted God as my Father. He was my true Daddy, and I believe that He is Father to the fatherless. I know that He allowed these things to happen. He did not approve it, but it was allowed, and He was there to walk me through it and to rescue me from it. I, my brother Mark died in a work accident, as I shared in the first podcast. And I searched the Bible for a reason. Why did God allow the only person who understood my pain on earth to die? And I found my answer in Lamentations of all places in the Bible. The book of Lamentations 3.33 says, For God does not willingly bring affliction or grief to anyone. We live in a fallen world. We live in a world where mankind, women as well, have chosen to rebel against God. He still provides a way through it and out of it through his son, Jesus. But she says, praise be to the most high God We may go through struggles, afflictions in this life, but God our Father, He is a present help in trouble. In spite of the sin that we've chosen to allow in this world throughout history and time, God is with us. He hasn't abandoned us. He does not prevent the trouble, but He does help us when we are in trouble. Even Jesus on the cross cried out, Abba, which means Father, why have you forsaken me? Then in his last breath, he said, forgive them, Father. They don't know what they've done. It would seem that abandonment and forgiveness, they seem to go hand in hand. And Rachel had never thought of that. I have never thought of that, that Jesus felt abandonment first, and then he gave forgiveness. That is a deep one, and I will have to be thinking on that. Rachel says, I look at Jesus and I've done my best to emulate him in the same way. My birth father, my adopted father, all abandoned me, leaving me briefly homeless. And then I was rescued in the Tulsa State Shelter and later in the Francis Willard Girls Home. And it was in the girl's home that I found love. I believed I was right where I was supposed to be. All of the circumstances that brought me to Francis Willard Girl's Home happened because I was supposed to go there. Just like God used the Egyptian Pharaoh to deliver the Israelites, God used my rejection to get me where I needed to be. I can honestly say that I know those struggles I've gone through in my life and I love them. All of them have refined me and made me the woman who I am today, compassionate and strong. I hold no bitterness in my heart. I have seen bitterness eat people alive, literally. It will kill you, ladies. It will eat you up from the inside out. Rachel, I agree with that. I heard one person say not forgiving is like wishing the other person would drink poison, but drinking it yourself instead. 
So Rachel says, I ask anyone out there who's listening to forgive people who have hurt you. It is a choice. Going back to her illustration of turning the lamp on or off, Rachel realizes forgiveness is a choice. It's not simple, but it is necessary. Another thing Rachel says that she's learned is that she, in her life, she's met people who have had it worse. Try not to obsess over your own troubled times, but cast your cares on the Lord. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Do you know what a yoke is? It's the wooden harness that holds two bulls or ox together at the neck, oxen. The yoke has ropes attached so the farmer can guide the bulls this way or that. The yoke that Jesus wishes to put around your neck holds you close to him as he guides you with an easy pull this way or that toward your own health, your own fulfillment of life. If unforgiveness has your heels stuck in the mud, your ability to move God with God will be severely restricted. Your heart will be too heavy to guide you easily. And Rachel concludes with this thought. She said, you know, we all die. Why waste time dwelling on unforgiveness? She said, I don't want to feel, feel silly when I, across, when I run across my father in the afterlife. I don't want to waste all my time being angry on this life before I go to heaven. Everything will become clear in heaven. All my questions as to why things happened will be erased as we stand before God. She said, I might as well stop being bitter and get about my father's business right now in this life. And I can't do that if my heart is hard with anger and hatred. She says, blessings to those who are listening. And she said, I pray someone out there has heard something helpful and that they choose peace and forgiveness above all else. Beautifully done, Rachel. Thank you again. And we know, ladies, that there are Bible verses throughout. You can't, you know what? I can't even pray the Lord's Prayer without being told I have to forgive. Remember the Lord's Prayer? Forgive us our trespasses, our wrongs, as we do what? Forgive those who trespass against us. There are so many scriptures about forgiving. And if our Father, I agree with Rachel, if our Father who is perfect, who cannot be around sin, who cannot sin, who will not sin, if he chooses to forgive me, who am I to try to be God in my own mind and not forgive others, no matter how heinous the deed? It is a difficult question and a challenge. I was reading a blog, a very interesting one by um, Cynthia Held, H-E-A-L-D, and she really said it well. She had a young woman come to her named Amy, and she had been carrying a burden 
like Rachel as far as she had been abused by her father. And she had read several books. She was getting counsel. And she was reading about Jesus's teachings on forgiveness. And she says, it doesn't seem fair to let my father off the hook. He should suffer for what he did to me. Everyone thought he was such a good Christian if they only knew what he was really like. And she listened to her and she agreed that releasing and forgiving her father seems to go against the very sense of our sense as human beings of what's right and wrong. And she said she couldn't identify with her pain, but she could understand the struggle over freeing herself from her father. And she clearly, she shared with her that she heard the Lord prompting to release forgiveness and to accept her dad and forgive him. Now, notice she didn't say go back to her dad and put herself in that abusive situation, but forgiving her dad was important. And it was important for Amy, the young woman she was counseling. They read a verse together in Romans. It says, Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I, referring to God, will take revenge. I, referring to God, will pay them back. She explained to Amy that God wants us free, free from having to vindicate ourselves. Vengeance is not our responsibility. Vengeance is left to God. Release him to the only one who is just, the only one who is sinless, the only one who is fair. One of the most precious lessons that we've learned from God is that he asks us to forgive because he loves us. He wants us to be free. Rachel referred that to hers as well. Free, free to love even when it's hard. Forgiving and releasing her dad blessed her and she's never regretted that decision to forgive. So Amy was considerably, understandably hesitant about saying that she would forgive him. Um, and that's understandable for anyone. The forgiveness is between you and God, Christian sister. It's essentially vertical. Reconciliation is horizontal. We can give to God the vertical and trust him if there is to be a horizontal rec reconciliation. And again, God never wants us to return to an unsafe situation. But do pray and ask the Lord about forgiveness. Just as Rachel searched scripture and talked about her relationship first and foremost, wasn't that beautiful? She talked about first and foremost her relationship with Jesus and how that grew and deepened. And then she realized she could forgive her dad. She does not return to her dad, but she could forgive. So deepen your relationship first and foremost with God. Read the scripture. And sometimes if you need to share with another person or a professional counselor, then please do. It was not easy for her, Amy, to get, forgive her dad. I'm sure it wasn't easy for Rachel. It's never easy. But we again, as Rachel said, are the people who benefit from the forgiveness and that gift of forgiveness. It frees us 
from debilitating emotions that can deplete us. It can deplete us even physically. King Solomon reminded us, a calm and undisturbed mind and heart are life and health, but envy, jealousy, and wrath are like rottenness of the bones. The Apostle Paul says it this way in Ephesians, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, Paul writes, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Harmful emotions damage us and scriptures teach that runaway emotions corrode our bones. The abuse survivor quoted at the beginning of this chapter said that she longed to be free, Amy, from the bitterness and rage that were destroying her. God wants us to forgive because he knows that a freed heart leads to health. Jesus not only taught us to pray, forgive us our sins as we have been forgiven, But he also reinforced it. He added this powerful statement. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse, this one always gets me, ladies. If you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Well, I don't know how much more clear that can be. It's a command. Do I want to be forgiven? of my sins by my perfect Heavenly Father? I need to stop playing God and trying to get revenge, and I need to forgive. God wants to forgive us, but when you ha- when we hold a revengeful spirit, God can't be around that because it's sin. Pride holds us as our right to retaliate. We have a right to get even. We have a right to say we're done with someone. By doing that, we set ourselves up, she writes, for continual heartache and suffering, even though the Lord's promised to look after us. It's almost like we don't trust God to do his job, to do what he's promised. And in learning to forgive, we learn how to also handle our feelings. The best way, how do we do this? Well, I think we go back to what Rachel said. We dig deep into the word. We focus on the one who is the one who can show us how to forgive. We focus on Jesus. He's on the cross after being tortured, mercilessly tortured, and spit upon and made fun of. And instead of plotting, I'm going to bring the angels down and destroy you all. He could have done it. He said, Father, do what? Forgive them. If he could do that, who am I to not forgive? Rachel, you're absolutely right. Focusing in on the Word of God, the Scriptures, reading the Bible, focus in on Jesus. And every time that is brought to the surface of our minds and hearts, Turn to him and give it back to God. Help me forgive, Father. Help me forgive. My dad used to say, well, I've forgiven, but I can't forget. I think there's a flaw in that because if we don't forget, 
or pray for help to forget, or every time it's brought to our mind, give it to God and say, help me not dwell on that. Help me to forget. I think forgiveness is hard to do if we keep remembering. Even God chooses to forgive. He says in scripture that he's cast our sins to the deepest part of the ocean. He says over and over throughout the Bible, the Old Testament as well as the New Testament, that it says that in 2 Corinthians 5.19, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Against them. And then he said in Hebrews 10, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. In Psalm 103, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Don't you love the song that came out of that scripture? As far as the east is from the west, he's forgiven us from one nail-scarred hand to the other. If we confess in 1 John 1, 9, our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How could he do that if he keeps remembering every time he sees us of our sins? How can we, when we see somebody or think of that person's name, think about the wrongdoing and say we've forgiven? It says in Hebrews 8, God says, I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. Micah 7, 19, love it. Once again, you will have compassion on us, God. You will trample our sins under your feet and throw them into the depths of the ocean. We serve an amazing God, one who loves us so much that he not only forgives our sins, he forgets our sins, and he tells us, you need to do the same thing, sisters, because it's for your own good, for your health. Trust me, put your pride away and give it to me. Praise God. Praise God for the story of forgiveness, for the story of redemption, God is pleased and on when we're honest with him. Talk to him about how hard it is. Believe me, I do that. I know Rachel does that. I know Amy and the story from this woman's blog does that. And anyone who finds it hard to forgive, I just encourage you, take it to God. Focus on the word. Look through the scripture and give it to him. Your story will then become a story for his glory. In the name of Jesus, amen. In closing, again, I want to say thank you to Rachel, but ladies, I think we need to go back to her first point was someone gave Rachel the choice. A friend of her mom said, do you want the lamp on or off? She cared about Rachel and God cares about each of us. And he's asking us, do you want the light on or off? I hope you choose 
forgiveness today. Thank you for listening to this story for God's glory.